the Kapow Radio Show Prophecy Watch. Now I'll always know what time it is. Does anybody really know what time it is? Time to pluck up that which is planted, the time to kill, and the time to heal, the time to break down, the time to build up, the time to weep, and the time to laugh, the time to mourn, and the time to dance, time to get, the time to lose, time to keep silence, and time to speak, the time of war, and the time of peace. Does No one knows what time it is unless you listen to the Kapow Radio Show. Then you know it's time. It's time. It's time. It's, it's time. time. Okay, today, today's date is September 18th, 2017. All day long. All day long. Okay, cool. Dude. What? We're going to go through chapter 10, 11, 12 of Ecclesiastes, life vertical above the sun. Well, I certainly hope so, because that's what I've been studying for. Cool. So we're looking at life in that perspective, according to the ancient wisdom of Solomon. Ecclesiastes. Turn with me, please, to chapter 10, 11, and 12. And we're fortunate today that we do have Quoleth, the preacher, in studio. He did such a great job last week that we have him on again. Yes, yes. Well, he actually, he just, he wants to be on. He digs it. He's digging it to the max. Okay, so I'm going to open up with the first question that I have for him. Okay? Okay. And we're going to cover chapter 10, verses 1 through 7. And my question for Quoleth is, this is wisdom displayed in our conduct. Mm, good question. Yes. Can we have wisdom, godly wisdom? And is it displayed in our conduct? Quoleth, the mic is yours. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith every one that he is a fool. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, as an error which proceedeth from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in low place. I have seen servants upon horses, and princes walking as servants upon the earth. 
Well, I think that answered it. Yes, I think so. Very good answer. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Now, he opens up with dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary. To send forth a stinking savor. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's reputation. Okay. For example, David's reputation, Solomon's reputation, Jehoshaphat's reputation, Josiah's reputation. The more delicate the perfume, the more easily spoiled is the ointment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Common oil, apparently, is not so delicate, but the higher a man's religious character is. So when I mean religious character, I don't mean false religion. I mean... Yeah, an upstanding citizen. Yes. Someone, well, like Billy Graham. Yes. You know what I mean? You, a lot of people have a lot of, had a lot of respect for him because he, was, he seemed like such a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. But then when you learn something about him that taints that integrity, you just look at him differently now. Yeah, like he was a 33rd degree mason, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, yeah. So the higher a man's character, the more hurt is caused by a sinful folly in him. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's bad savor. It's bad savor. It's compounded by the apothecary. So flies really answer to the, those, little, those little sins, that little folly. Uh, it's it's small, right? In first, um, in first Corinthians five six, it says, "Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven mm. leaveneth the whole lump?" So it's those little small things. They're little flies that will spoil the whole reputation. Mm-hmm. So that's wisdom being displayed in our conduct. That's the answer of Koalith. Yes, wisdom does affect your conduct and you should think about that at all times uh, how you represent uh, god and christ here on earth as his church because we are ambassadors for christ Mm -hmm. right and that's not just in church too i mean you can play nice in the sandbox in church and this happens all the time then you get together with all your buddies and you go out to a restaurant as a big group a big church group, and you go to a restaurant and you just give the waitress or waiter pure hell. Mm-hmm. You're difficult. You're insensitive. You're inconsiderate. Miss Kapow and I, when we lived in Hemet, we used to go to Marie Callender's there in Hemet. And this, uh, you know, we always get close to the food servers because, well, we're there all the time. <laughs> And they used to hate this particular church group that would come in on um, Sunday night. Mm -hmm. They hated them. And uh, they said they were rude. They were horrible. They didn't tip. They were just terrible. And we used to think, oh, my Lord, what a horrible, horrible reputation. Yeah. And they were very demanding. Yeah. Demanding. So they can go to church and pretend all they want. But in real life, they're dead flies caused them to send forth a stinking savor, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Also, when you're talking about flies, you got to remember Beelzebub means the prince of flies, mm-hmm. right? And I know you want to sing that song. Beelzebub, has the devil put a spell on me? 
On me. On me. <laughs> An ointment answers to reputation. Like in Ecclesiastes 7.1, a good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. So, it's those little flies, each fly causing the problems. That's right. Okay. Um, so, you say that when Coleth is answering that question, he goes and he talks about resisting. Well, first he says, first he says that um, a wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, Miss Kapow made a joke on Freedom Friday about um, Marxist socialists mm-hmm. being fools because their fool's heart is on his left. Get it? A leftist? <laughs> That's a good scripture to use. <laughs> anyway, uh, and that that a fool walks by the way and his wisdom will fail him. And it says that to everyone. It says, hey, look at me. I'm a fool. Right. Mm-hmm. You can tell by his conduct, his behavior. Look at me. I'm an idiot. Actions speak louder than words. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I think verse four, I, we're going to explain that a little bit. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against you, leave not your place for mm-hmm. yielding will pacify great offenses. And it's like it explains. It explains the leave not your place when, when you when you yield to that ruler, leave not your place. Do not, in a resisting spirit, this means to God also, withdraw from the po- from the post of your duty. Mm-hmm. Don't take your hand off the plow right. in rebellion. Seriously. People do that all the time. Mm-hmm. They start a work. They start a, a ministry. Uh, they begin a thing. And then they remove their hand from the plow. They go off and I don't know what they do. Other things. They don't stay with it uh, during hard times. In Proverbs 15, 1, it says a soft answer turns away wrath, Mm. but grievous words stir up anger. So that's that yielding. I mean, boy, you could take that wisdom to you to work if you still work. Mm -hmm. If you had that wisdom with you at your job site, if you're still working and going to job, take that wisdom with you. Hard to do. But pray for wisdom from God. A soft answer turns away wrath. You can't get mad at somebody who just speaks to you softly. Mm-mm. Right? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's true. In Ecclesiastes 8.3, it says, Be not hasty to go out of his sight. Talking about the ruler. Stand not in an evil thing. In other words, don't resist and hold on to your, you know, ah, your wrongness. Mm-hmm. For the ruler, he does whatever he pleases. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with God, that is so, so true. So don't leave your post of duty. Don't take your hand off the plow right. when you're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes on about the evil, about the um, the heirs among, you know, the rulers, mm-hmm. uh, the great dignity and stuff like that, where he's seen servants on horses and princes walking at servants. You know what I mean? The upside down. Right. You see that. You see that in today's society. People elevated, you know, especially yeah. like these uh, athletes mm-hmm. in multi-million dollar contracts and are elevated to something that like, hey, man, the guy's just a thug. Right. right? You mm-hmm. see that all the time. You see, you see something that should be elevated and they're 
Yeah, and they're given platforms to speak. Yeah. Yeah, platforms to speak and about stuff they really don't know anything about. No, no they're they're yeah, brain dead. Uh, so you see that all the time. All right, Miss Capel, you want to take the next question? Sure. And ask cool if that and that's going to be verses eight through fifteen. Yes. There you go. Okay, my question is: What is the difference between the wise and the fool? He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Whoso removeth stone shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is mischievous madness. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be, and what shall be after him, who can tell him? The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them. Because he knoweth not how to go to the city. There's a lot there. Yeah, there is. So, he that diggeth a pit falls into it. If you break a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. You know, if you break down a wall, and you're talking, uh, you know, ancient, ancient times here, where serpents and snakes and, you know, are hanging out and these built homes and walls and stuff. And so this is like the fatal results, you know, of an unwise policy, whether you be a king or a person or whatever. The wrong done to others will come back. It mm-hmm. recoils, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes 8 9 says, All this have I seen and applied my heart unto every work that is done under the sun. There is a time wherein one man ruleth over another to his own hurt. Yep. And See, then he wrote it again in Proverbs twenty six twenty seven that says, Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein. They fall into the pit which they dug for others. Yeah. Right? Man. Um, in Esther 7.10, the story of Haman, mm-hmm. it says, So they hanged mm-hmm. Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> then was the king's wrath pacified. Mm-hmm. Um, and you read um, Psalm 715, right? About the pit. Oh, I read uh, Proverbs 26, 27. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I was wrong. 26, 27. Well, Psalm 715 says he made a pit and digged it and has fallen into the ditch which he made. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is breaking into a hedge or breaking into the wall and getting bit by the snake, right? You're stung often, you know, by these serpents that are lurking in the, the garden walls, mm-hmm. uh, which a person maliciously pulls down. Right. Right. See, that's all about breaching. You know, that's why it's important that you keep watch and prayer, prayer that you keep your, your walls up tight, you know, mm-hmm. standing and that there's no breach. Yes. And then a person who removes the stones, namely ancient buildings or his neighbor's landmark, right? Mm -hmm. That are cut from the quarry. He's endangered, you know, by 
all kinds of things. He shall be hurt if he removes those stones. And then if he, he's cutting wood, he could be endangered thereby also. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the iron be blunt and, um, and you do not like wet the edge, you'll sharpen the edge, then you're working twice as hard. So in all this stuff that's even practical stuff, he says, but wisdom is profitable to direct. So if you, if you have wisdom, you know, you're not working twice as hard and you're also not putting yourself in a danger by things recoiling back on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a good way to live. It answers that question. What's the difference between the wise and the fool? The fool goes about breaking hedges and getting bit by serpents and, you know, having the ax head, you know, hit him as he's chopping wood. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he says the serpent shall bite without enchantment and a babbler is no better. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if enchantment's not used. A, a serpent will bite. So you got to like, you got to like, you know, enchant it. Well, it's the same thing with a babbling fool, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just let him, you know, you, you got to use discretion and wisdom when dealing with, with a babbling fool. Yeah. Right. You got to choose your words. Yeah. Uh, I, I that's an interesting to put an interesting way to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, it basically it's caution. Like in Ecclesiastes uh, 10, 8 through 10, he says, uh, it does the same thing. You know, he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. And the break yeah. of the hedge, a serpent shall bite him. So you have to use that kind of caution when you're dealing with a babbling fool. Discernment. Yeah, discernment. And also when you're speaking that you're not a babbling fool, right? Right. Uh, and then in verse 12, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, gracious. He takes precaution against the sudden injury that we just spoke about. He doesn't, he takes precaution against that. Yeah. Plus the words of a wise man is life. Yes. Amen. But the lips of a fool, Ms. Kapow, will swallow up himself. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Proverbs ten eight: the wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. Yeah, basically you stuck your foot in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, what commandments is that talking about? It's the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. God's word. The wise in heart will receive commandments. Let that sink in, right? Let it sink in. The wise in heart will receive commandments. You'll receive God's word, his written word. Mm. But a pratting fool shall fall. This is somebody who knows everything there is to know. They know more. You know what I mean? Right. Verse 14, Proverbs 8, verse 14 says, Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Mm-hmm. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Wow. And we go on and on. Yeah, words are very powerful. It can bring life or it can bring death. Yes, very powerful. So the beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. And the end of his talk is mischievous madness. He's just prattling on. Mm-hmm. How many uh, people, how many people you know of that, uh, that, that do that, mm-hmm. you know, in the Christian community? You know, go search YouTube, go search all these podcasts, look at all the people up there that, that have hung their shield and call themselves a ministry yeah. and listen to them, what they're prattling about. It's incredible. 
Mm-hmm. They're full of words. A lot of them are just full of words. So Kuala says a fool also is full of words and a man cannot tell what shall be mm. and what, what shall be after him. Who can tell him? So in other words, you know, especially right now, September 23rd. Oh my gosh. I don't, I'm not sure if Nubaru is supposed to hit Jesus is coming back or great. Distra- I, I'm not sure because different people are prattling on foolishly about different things. But they have made September 23rd some weird Revelation 12 sign. Yeah. And they honestly are teaching and creating fear and confusion among people that something um, magnanimous is going to happen on that day. (laughs) And um, probably the return of God, even though nobody knows the day or the hour, more likely it is. And or Nibiru is going to hit. It's the end of the world and all this stuff. And I'm telling you, the day after... You'll wake up and nothing's going to happen. It'll be a regular day. And will these people go away? No. Mm-mm. They will just find another date, find something else to latch on to, and continue on with their babbling fool. Yep. Um, as a babbling fool. So that's why Kola says, a man cannot tell what shall be. You're just not going to know. You just don't know. That's Stop right. Stop already. The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to the city. What does that mean? It means he doesn't know how to conduct business. He doesn't even know how to go to the city. He just, it's, it's, he's ignorant of the most ordinary matters. Have you ever heard a preacher or somebody going, talking and you're like, how could you be that ignorant about this? I know it. You know, just, if you just read the Bible or knew any of the, the history, the Jewish history, you would know that this doesn't apply. But they're 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 ignorant, you know. They're ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard a preacher uh, just today talk about on a good good aspect. He was talking about the King James Bible, and uh, and about the Satanic Luciferian other translations that all come out of that West Court Cotton Hort mm-hmm. retranslation where they used um, other. Greek and Hebrew text, right. um, and not the Textus Receptus, and and you either have the King James. Bible or something prior to it that used the Textus Receptus or everything else comes out of that same uh, Catholic Jesuit crap. Mm. The NIV, the uh, New Revised American Standard, you name them, all of them are crap. Mm-hmm. But he was saying th- that these these pastors, these modern day preachers and their arrogance, you know, will hold up their ESV or their NIV or whatever. And they'll try to tell people that this is a you know a better version of the Bible and it's you know more easier modernized. To understand. Yes, that's the big thing. It's easier to understand. You're too stupid to understand old English. This is easier to understand. And but he said something very remarkable. He says the pastors who do that, they either do it because they're ignorant of the history mm-hmm. of the Bible, which is bad enough. Or they're doing it because they know and they're purposely deceiving you. So they're either stupid, foolish, ignorant men or they're purposely deceiving you into hellfire. And and, and neither are good. There's no gray area. And I thought that was really interesting when he said that because that's true. Because how many people are using these versions... And uh, it's one thing if you're a lay person, he's like, well, I never knew that. You know, I never knew this stuff. But as a leader of a of a body of Christ, 
you should know the history of the translation you're using. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't until recently that I just realized all that, too. Uh-huh. And it's pretty eye, um, eye-opening. It is. Like I said, there's some really good stuff. Uh, one of the documentaries we highly recommend is called... Something the Lamp. <laughs> Something the Lamp? Yeah, that, yeah you're right? right. Yeah, it is. Uh, I forgot what it is now. Yeah, I wrote it down because... Sorry, email us and we'll let you know. Uh, Paul or Linda at Kapow Radio Show. Dot com. Um, I forgot what it is. The Path of the Lamp, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, v- very good. It's a it's a, it's a series of three different DVDs. Very good. But there's there's a there's a really a demonic history between between be, behind these other versions. And it's not just King James only people you know that are crazy. There's a reason why they're why they're they're saying this. People who really know, and people who really know Hebrew and Greek also. It's called a lamp in the dark. A Lamp in the Dark, thank you. A Lamp in the Dark. And I know you can watch it on Amazon. Yeah. Prime. And YouTube. I believe it, YouTube has the full documentary. Oh, perfect. On there. So Highly recommend it to get, if you want to know the Jesuit, satanic, luciferian history behind these other versions, I highly recommend it. You'll a never lamp. pick up anything other than a King James a lamp in the dark. A lamp, a lamp in the in dark. dark. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's take a short commercial break, and then we'll go on to our next question. All right. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church, yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. All right, we're back. I'm We're not just back. saying this because um, we wrote this book, but really, Eyes of Sea Unseen Enemies, if you don't have it, if you haven't read it, you really should. Um, I don't think it's too late, but there is there will be a time where it is too late. Mm-hmm. But it just exposes it really the foundation of a, a Luciferian false religion that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is vital, and it, it's written biblically, but it's also written... Um, out of some crazy experiences that we had regarding this, um, that uh, the Lord brought us through to to show us these things, so mm. we can share with people, and that's why we wrote the book. All right, all right. T. Okay, you have another. I have another question, and this is the question I have. What <laughs> advice? I'm sorry. Can, uh, I have. I'm. I wrote down this question wrong. Okay. Can a ruler be a fool? 
Can a ruler be a fool? Mm-hmm. All right. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Seems like some strange advice at first, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yep. Uh, but it's not. It's not. Woe to the land when the king is a kid. It doesn't mean just chronological age, but the maturity, you know? Yeah. It just says the princes eat in the morning. It wasn't the time to eat because as it comes on, it says, you know, they're feasting and they're, they're waking up and partying, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because in 17, he's saying, blessed is the land when a king is of the bloodline of nobles. He has nobility, mm-hmm. right? He acts mature and noble. And the princes don't eat in the morning, but they eat in due season. And it's for strength and not for drunkenness. In other words, they're not just partying and feasting all the time, you know, but when they get together, it's to strengthen themselves Mm -hmm. for the betterment of the kingdom. Right. It's kind of like the prayer that Solomon gave, you know, when he prayed for uh, the people, you know what I mean? It was, and when he asked God for wisdom, which David had um, spoke to him about, in the first place, you know, that you need God's wisdom in order to lead these people. Well, that was one of the things that he asked the Lord is for wisdom so that he could lead the people according to the will of God. Yes. And here he was, he was a, a young man. Mm-hmm. He was a child. So it's not, a, it's not a chronological age. It's a maturity. And so you, you would want a leader like that mm-hmm. that would ask God, what did you want me to do? Right. Right. And to show you how feasting in the morning, this whole statement about, uh, princes eat in the morning, you know, woe to the land who has that. In Isaiah 511, it says, woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow strong drink that continue unto night till wine inflame them. Mm. So you're just partying all day. Yeah. Right. You're, you're doing the burning man, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yet you're a, you're a ruler of the mm-hmm. land. I think we've seen plenty of those Yep. in all nations. Yeah. In, um, Proverbs 31, it says, it is not for kings, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Mm. Yes. So in other words, don't be immature. Keep the commandments. Mm-hmm. Right? All right. Uh, in verse 18, and it goes with all this stuff, by much slothfulness, the building decays. And because a person's idle, right? That's right. The roof of a house drops through. Mm-hmm. So your, your place just falls apart. Go ahead. Uh, Proverbs eighteen nine says, He also that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. Mm. It's true, though. Yeah, it's true. 
Proverbs 6.10 says, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Mm-hmm. And what happens to your country? What happens to your nation? What happens to your government? We've seen that here in America. You know, our rulers, our Congress, all these politicians. It's like Ecclesiastes 4.5 says, The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Mm-hmm. They don't want to eat. I mean, they don't want to work. Yeah. And they're letting, they want all these other people to be slaves to them so they don't have to work either. Mm-hmm. We'll just take care of you. Right? And that's right. And then spiritually speaking, building your house. If you don't want to read your Bible or pray or do the things of God, that's being slothful. And Jesus says that if, um, that if you hear his words, if you don't hear his words and you don't do them, then you are like a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. Wow, that is a good point. Yeah, if you don't want to do the work, is what Ms. Kapow's saying. You know, if, if you don't want to do the work, if you just want to get it from other sources and just repeat what other people say, and you don't want to do the work, then really your house is going to decay. Mm-hmm. The roof's going to fall down. You have to do the work. You really do. You have to go through it. You have to do yeah. the work. You have to say, um, you know, Paul got his scars. I got mine. Yeah. You know and I mean? you'll know that you haven't done the right work. It's because when the trouble hits, you're not going to be able to stand. You won't have anything there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You won't have any truth to stand on. You won't have any word of God to fight back. And uh, you'll be flopping in the wind. Mm-hmm. So very important, you know, to keep that up. Verse 19, it says, a feast is made for laughter. Wine maketh merry, but money answers all things. Mm. Money, the root of all evil. Yes, the love of money. So instead of repairing the breaches in the commonwealth, you know, or the building. So, you know, these people are just making a feast for laughter. Mm -hmm. The wine's making life good, you know, you know, and money. You know, gives gives all their wishes, mm-hmm. you know, makes them a reality. You know, they also take bribes to support their extravagance. Yeah. I think that's why Jesus, one of the reasons why Jesus said that uh, the, when the rich man, it's easier, it's harder for the rich man to oh, enter yeah. the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Because you're, it's easier to trust in your money. Yes. It, it really is. It's like, I don't. You know, if you don't think you need a savior, how, why would you come? Why would you come and keep the commandments or why would you come to uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, mm-hmm. you know, to God through Jesus Christ if you don't need a savior? Very difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up with cursing not the king in your bedchamber or, you know, the, 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 the wealthy or whatever, because it's going to get back to him. You know, they're going to find out. Um you know, in today's age of uh, the internet, you know, I, I don't know, you know, um, there's a lot of people that say a lot of stupid things, <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, to get back to people. Anyway, let's move on to chapter 11. And uh, why don't you just ask that next question? You Oh, yes. In front of you. Okay. So my next question is, what advice do you give to all of us? Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He 
that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. And this portion really goes with what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like this. When you're casting your bread upon the waters so you can find it many days, it's like you, you're reaping what you're, what you're sowing. Mm-hmm. Um, where he says, give a portion to seven, also to eight, because you don't know what evil shall be upon the earth. In other words, if you're generous to other people, mm-hmm. you know, if you could do it financially, you could do it spiritually, you could do it emotionally. If you just could be kind and show God's character to other people, that will be that that will return on you because you don't know what position you're going to be in someday. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Proverbs nineteen seventeen says, he that hath pity upon the poor lends unto the Lord and that which he hath given Will he repay him again? Yes. Yes. Amen. That's, that is a beautiful, beautiful scripture to back that up. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about this, uh, this restaurant, this Marie calendars where these church people were going in there and being so rude and that the, the servers just hated these people every Sunday night. They were doing just the opposite. They were being foolish and besmearing actually the gospel. They weren't being the salt. No, and they certainly weren't the being light, light. Mm-hmm. and they certainly weren't given a portion to seven or a portion to eight. They were they were horrible. In fact, they they didn't tip Mm-mm. at all, and uh, made these people run around and serve them, and it was just horrible. But they never knew. You never know when you're going to be in that same place. You know. Mm-hmm. So he goes on. And he talks about these kind of things. He talks about the clouds, and um, you know. Or if a tree falls north and south, that's the way a person's going to be, right? That's right. And he that looks at the wind, and well, I'm not going to, you know, it's too windy. I'm not going to go out there and work and sow my seed. The wind's going to blow it everywhere. And well, look, I'm looking at the clouds, and uh, so I'm not going to reap the harvest because it could be raining. And if you keep doing that, you're not going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. It's someone that has, um, like, spiritually speaking, like the unbelief. Yes. You know, you, you see the things going around you like when Peter walked on the water and he yes. saw the waves well it's just better to stay in the boat yes yeah absolutely because um, you know it's like uh, well I, I can't I can't I can't look at the truth mm-hmm. brother Kapow I know you're telling me the truth on this I know it's but it's biblical mm-hmm. it's you you showed me through the Bible through scripture that this is the truth but if I allow myself to believe it my whole religion is going to crumble mm-hmm <laughs> right? And you know I'm telling a true story, right, Ms. Kapow? Yes, I do. I'm, talk- I'm talking a true story that that was told me. I would rather hold on to a false belief, a religion that gives me comfort, a belief that gives me comfort, than to listen to the truth. Because if, if, if you're right, if the Bible's right and that's true, my whole, my whole world's going to collapse. And so when you cho- choose the other thing, Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <sighs> yeah. So you don't know. 
If you sit there and you observe the wind, I don't want to sow. I don't, it might rain. I don't want to reap. You're not going to get anything done. You're not going to sow. You're not going to cast your bread on the water so it can return to you because you're too afraid. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, on the, on the spiritual level, you're not going to go out there and do the work that you need to do. Right. When I say put the work in, I don't mean works. I mean put the work in in your study mm-hmm. and in your commitment to God and your relationship. I'm not talking about social works. No. Right. Mm-mm. Even when I'm talking about being nice to people and stuff, it's an outflow of the character of God in you. That's right. right? That's what you're sowing. Mm-hmm. So you sow your charity, you sow your love to other people in faith without hesitancy, without speculation as to what could result from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do it unto the Lord. Yeah. Because you don't know if it's going to be promising or not. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. Right. But you're told to, to cast your bread on the waters, right? Mm-hmm. So if if a farmer, instead of sowing and reaping, spent all of his time watching the wind in the clouds, he wouldn't get anything done. Right. Going, well, I don't know if it's you know, going to take, I don't know if I'm going to get anything, he, but he's got to go out there and do the work. He's got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and he says... Um, in verse 5, no one knows the way of the spirit, how the bones grow in the womb. You don't, you just can't figure that out. Well, science will try to tell you this is how a baby's formed, mm-hmm. this and that, but they don't know. They Think know. about it. How, that's a, how does that miracle happen? Mm-hmm. And in the same way, you just don't know the, the works of God no. that does everything. So okay. his advice is in the morning, sow your seed. In the mm-hmm. evening, don't withhold your hand. Don't, don't be stingy. Give, give, love people, be nice, because you don't know whether it's going to prosper, either this or that, or whether both or everything's going to come in. You know, you don't know if the morning's going to prosper or the evening's going to prosper or both. You don't know what's going to happen, but do it. Be a faithful sower, right? That's right. In Psalms forty nine nineteen, it says, he shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. And I'm sorry, because that goes with the next verse. Ah, <laughs> That's why it didn't make sense. <laughs> that didn't make sense. What I meant to read is Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. Ah. 55, 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Dig Mm. it? Yes. Verse 11. So shall my word, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Mm. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. Mm. Folks, cast your bread upon the water. That's right. Have relationship with God. Get rid of religion. Get rid of your set ways, your false ways, your 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 false teaching, the teaching that's not correct. Mm-hmm. Just because it fits into what you believe, it all fits into, and you know that this is supposed to happen, and this is supposed to happen, and this is supposed to happen, and that and that and that, and it's your little set way. Don't hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Don't hang on to that because you don't know the ways of God. That's right. Go for the truth. Go for the truth. 
So verse four, truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing for it is the eyes to behold the sun. Right? Right. How many, what verse do I stop at? Six. Oh, okay. So I should have already stopped. Dude, I'm all messed up. I am all messed up. So before we get to verse seven. We'll I con- have a question. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk about. Once again, the godly works. Okay. Okay. So about sowing in the morning and the evening. Okay. Right. So mm-hmm. they seed in the morning. So they seed and in the evening withhold not thy hand. That's right. For you don't know which one's going to prosper. Just do it. Right. Right. That's where I need to get back because I go, I went on a little trip somewhere and I wasn't sure where I went. All right. Okay. Um, and I still don't know where I'm at because I'm like really confused. Okay. Here I am. Here I am sowing the seed, godly works, Hosea 10, 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till the time and rain righteousness upon you. I don't know. Does it get any clearer than that? Mm-mm. Really? Reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. <laughs> Till he come and rain righteousness on you. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Second uh, Corinthians nine ten. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Mm. Hey, folks, this isn't prosperity gospel. This is the real gospel. Right. God's the one who's got, who blesses you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Galatians six seven. Oh, yeah. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's right. All right. Now we can move to uh, verses 7 through, what is it? It's uh, verses um, 7 through 10. All right. I'll let you read those. Okay. Shall I read it now? Uh, Or, uh, yeah, the question. Shall I read it now? Yes, please. <laughs> Do you hear me now? <laughs> yes, I, the que- I hear you. The question I have is, what advice do you give for young people? Young people? Truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. You know, there's so much to to go for here for young people. And um, I used to tell young people this when when I was around young people at one time Mm. before I moved to a place where there is no young people. (laughs) Really? But I used to tell them, you know, hey, the one the one thing, one advice I can give you is find God early in life. Oh, you know, yeah. get wisdom, find God early in life, because that's going to make all the difference in the world 
on how the rest of your life goes, mm-hmm. whether it goes good or bad. That's going to make all the difference in the world, whether you're successful or not. That's right. And um, man, I really believe that you find it early. Um, I was um, I was watching a, a drum DVD uh, a couple of weeks ago from uh, a drummer that uh, taken some drum lessons from. So I'm watching this DVD, taking some lessons. And one of the things he said, and um, he's probably in his you know late 40s now or something like that. But one of the things he said, he says, if you're young and you're watching this and you're a young person, practice now. Mm-hmm. Practice now. He says, because as you get older, life starts getting in the way of your drum practice, your goals, what you want to do. And he's talking about people who want to play drums professionally. And he says, life starts happening and you have spouses taking your time, and you have kids, and you have a mortgage, and now you have jobs and stuff. He says, but if you're young, and you're serious about get your rehearsal in now, because later on you're not going to be able to do it. And I thought, man, is he correct? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're young, you have all this time in your hands. You know, maybe you're living with mom and dad. You got your own room. You know, you're just got a part-time job or going to school. Now's the time to learn all the rudiments and get your chops up because later on you're not going to have time to do that. And um, I thought, boy, that's true. And spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. Get your chops up now when you're young and don't wait till you're old to try to find, you know, all this out. It's Mm -hmm. like we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago how we heard one preacher talking about how hard it is for for people, older people like in their 70s. To repent and come to the gospel of Christ. Yeah. We never knew that. No. But one pastor says out of 40 years, he, he can only count on his hands people who repented in, in their later years. Because mm-hmm. just, you're just setting your ways, I guess. You know? Um, so. 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 Cool the saying, even if a man lives a long time... Let him remember the days of darkness. In other words, don't forget that all men come to one thing. One thing happens to the rich and the poor, the fool and the wise, and that's death. Mm-hmm. So even if you live a long life, don't forget that. Remember eternity. And this is where he goes. He talks about rejoice, O young man, in the youth of your heart. Let it cheer thee. Have fun. Go your way. You know, blah, blah, blah. Right? But no. That for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. You're going to be judged by your, your, what you do, yeah, your life. Your life. Mm-hmm. Know that. So go out, do that, have joy, but know that. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. You know, and it kind of goes back with the flies spoiling the apocryphary, the ointment, you know? Mm-hmm. Know that what you do is going to follow you. And so he, he keeps talking to the young person. He says, because of that, remove sorrow from your heart. Put away all that evil from your flesh. You know, he says, because being young, being youthful, it's emptiness. It's vanity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because as a, as a young person, you think that you have a lot of time. Yeah. And, you know, life goes on. It's You just have a lot of time to do whatever you want. Yeah. And no, it can't happen to you. Mm-mm. You'll live forever. Yeah. You know, you're you're invincible. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, of course, nowadays, you know, the whole universe, you know, s- surrounds you. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. Um, 
man, you got to remember God when you're young. Get that foundation in. God, well, that's why it so says important. parents need to train up a child in the way it should go. You know, yeah. it starts with the parents. Yeah. And when that child's old, he won't depart from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very important to get that training in early, early. Okay. You have, we're going to start chapter 12. Yep. I have another question. Okay. Let's get it. Why should we think about death? And that goes very much with what we were just talking about. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. And now, Kola starts answering the the question of the youth, right? Mm-hmm. He starts, you know, first he shows what what young people are to shun and avoid, and now he starts showing what they are to follow, to remember, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Remember your creator. Remember, you're not your own, but you're God's property. That's right, because you've been bought with a price. Yes. You know, that, and, and it reminds me so much, and we, we articulated this and wrote about this in our um, book, Demons in My Marriage Bed, mm-hmm. True Story of Spiritual Warfare. But when I was so demonized, and I, I remember at one point, I was just so messed up, and Linda was praying for me. And um, you remember this, Lynn, mm-hmm. where you laid hands on my chest and mm-hmm. then just spoke, you know, the word came yeah. out of your mouth. And the words that came out of her mouth, speaking in behalf of God, said, you are mine. Mm-hmm. You belong to me. Yeah. Your life is not yours, Paul, to throw away. Mm-hmm. You belong to me. Or to give to another. Yes, or to give to another. Mm -hmm. And we wrote about this experience along with other experiences in that. But that was, I I remember that so distinctly, that those words, you know, it wasn't my life. I thought it was mine. I thought I was doing my own thing. I Mm -hmm. was in charge. And God says, no, you belong to me. That's right. You belong to me. Um, Very... um, Prophetic. <laughs> yes, very prophetic, very eye, very eye opening. Um, you know, Psalms 103 says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Mm-hmm. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yes. 
So, you remember God with all your your heart. You're God's property. He's created you. And so you serve him with all that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Matthew or Mark 12, 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and all with all of thy soul and with all of thy mind and with all of thy strength. This mm. is the first commandment. Yep. And so you serve God with the best of days, not the dregs of them, because the dregs are coming as you get older. Those are, it's what, it's what Solomon's calling the evil days, man. Mm-hmm. You know, the years are drawing close where you don't have pleasure in them. You know, Linda's mom, Miss Kapow's mom used to always, she was go. They call it the golden years. There's nothing golden about them. Yeah, that's true. You know, she she did not enjoy um, becoming elderly. Mm-mm. It wasn't something she enjoyed. I mean, your body starts aching. There's pains. There's all kinds of, you know, the golden years. Ah, you know, the golden yeah. years are when you're young. Mm-hmm. And so you want to give the best to God now, you know? Yep. Um, Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And we read up, you, you mentioned the Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Yep. So true. Hmm? Yeah. And Jeremiah 3, 4 says, Wilt thou not from this time cry unto me, my father? Mm-hmm. Thou art the guide of my youth. Oh, man. Yeah. In Lamentations 3.27, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about, the drummer. You know, it's like, it is good that you practice now. Get the rudiments under your belt now. Yep. And I think that can go with any a singer, a dancer, anybody. Um, you know, learning from your, your, your father how to cut wood or build a house. Learn early, you know, the foundations. And spiritually, it's the same thing. Get it in early. Because when you get older, you get distracted, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, So anyway, before that evil day comes, that elderly day, things start breaking apart, you get distracted. He said, remember that while the sun is light, you know, the moon is not darkened, the stars aren't darkened. Uh, nor the clouds return after the rain. It does remind me of, you know, the apocalypse. The sun shall go dark and the moon, right? Yeah. The stars shall fall. Doesn't it kind of mm-hmm. remind you of that? Because mm-hmm. death is your own little mini apocalypse, right? Without God. Mm-hmm. It's the end. It is the end of the world without God. Yeah. And then he goes on this very poetic description of of old age, you know, for the benefit of the young people. And it's it's very haunting really yeah you know it's so true and it's so sad (laughs) it is sad yeah it's very sad so he says remember god in your youth you know before the sun goes dark before you can't see Mm -hmm. and he says in the day when the keepers of the house will tremble and most commentaries think that's your guard your your arms you know that protect Mm -hmm. the body Mm -hmm. your 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 hands and arms are trembling and the strong men, those are your legs, right? Mm-hmm. Your legs have held you up all your life. They got you through, you know, hiking and walking and putting a football and doing soccer and dancing. And they got you through all this stuff. But now the strong men, your legs bow themselves. Mm. Oh, I remember reading this in my 20s and thinking, 
this is a long way off for me. Yeah. And now I blinked my eyes and I can relate to this stuff. Now. Yeah. You're going bang. Yeah. You know, and many of the listeners don't know that earlier this year, 2017 from, um, from February, February. Mm-hmm. all the way up to April, I, brother Kapow had a major case of sciatica major. And it put me down for four months. You know, I mean, I was, I was going to the gym Sitting on a uh, you know a bench and just doing upper body on the bench because I couldn't stand up. Um, I you know I had to be so careful. I gained a bunch of weight too because I couldn't do any cardio. I couldn't mm-hmm. walk. You know, Miss Capel and I love to walk and hike around here and stuff. I couldn't do anything for four months. I was down. Yeah, that was a long time. And I was in a lot, a lot of pain. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of pain. And uh, we just kept praying and praying, and finally it uh, it did cease and go away. But. Um, so I can you know, I can relate to the strong men bowing themselves. Uh, you know, my legs were always, you know, I was a martial artist. And now here I was. I mean, I just wanted to crawl. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. And he goes on. He says, the grinders, that's your teeth. Your yeah. grinders cease because they're few. Mm-hmm. And those that look out the window be darkened. Those are your eyes. Mm. You can't see. Yeah. <laughs> He can't see anymore. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. You can't hear. You can't hear. And it says, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. (laughs) You know, anything wakes you up. What? What? What's that? And the daughters of music shall be brought low. I can't hear the music anymore. My ears are shot. You know, Mm -hmm. I got to wear hearing aids. (laughs) I can't see. I can't hear. Yeah. He says, and when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fear shall be in the way and the almond tree, that's your white, that's your white hair, your hair on your head shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be a burden. Mm. Even a grasshopper's, I can't even, you know, that grasshopper's too much to deal with. You know, I can't even move. And desire shall fail. You don't have any desire to do anything. You don't want to do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to remember God when you still have the strength, not the dregs of your days, but not in the evil time, but in the good times. Yep, that's true. Because it's common. You know, aging is just as certain as death is. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Man. This is because man goeth to his long home. That means he dies and the mourners go about the street. And the silver cord is loosed forever. The golden bowl is broken. Your head, your skull, your, the silver cord, you know, their spinal cord or the, the silver cord that's keeping you connected to life. Mm-hmm. The pitcher is broken at the fountain. Picture this. You know, you know you're going to a fountain to get water and you have a pitcher. And before you can get that drink, that receptacle that you have breaks. Yeah, and no water. No water. Or the wheel at the cistern. There's a well. And so you, you want to turn that wheel to bring the bucket up? Well, the wheel breaks. Mm. That's your body. And then he says in verse 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth. See, we're all dust. As it was. But guess where the spirit goes? Returns unto God who gave it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean everybody goes to heaven. That's not what this is. It means... You're, you are immortal in your spirit. It yeah, survives. the spirit is different than the soul. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you. Man, it is, um, that's some heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff to think about that frailty. See, and that's why a lot of people, that's why I thought that living here in this um, age-restricted community, that people would really think about the eternal life, where I'm going to spend our eternity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but instead, they just don't want to face it. It's just the opposite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most people we talk to don't don't want to talk about this mm -mm. at all, really. You know, anything spiritual or... No. um, At all. I mean, pretty much set in their ways. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. Now, I I just want to say that when you're in God, you remember God in your youth when you can. You know, to have a good old age is a blessing to the godly, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a blessing when you serve God, what Solomon here is, is he's talking to that young person and saying, remember God before all this happens to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Before you're held accountable to the way you lived in your rejoicing in your life. That's what he's saying. But if you live in God uh, and, you're, and you have a good ripe old age, like in Genesis fifteen fifteen, it says, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Right. Mm-hmm. And in Job 5.26, it says, Thou shalt come to thy grave in a full age, like a shock of corn cometh in a season. And in Proverbs 16.31, The hoary head, that's that gray hair, right? Mm-hmm. Is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. Yeah. Get it? Mm-hmm. If it be found in the way of righteousness, then that gray hair is a crown of glory. If not in righteousness... Here's that evil day Solomon's talking about. Mm-hmm. Proverbs twenty twenty nine: The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the gray head. Mm-hmm. So I must be getting very beautimuth. You must be. I'm darling. getting beautimuth. So then he says, "Vanity of vanities, which is emptiness of emptiness, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> unsatisfactory of unsatisfactory, saith the preacher. All is vanity." So I think at this point we have the very last of chapter 12. Yes. From verse 8 to the end. That's 14. Yes. 8 to 14. And, and my question is, what is the conclusion of the matter? Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge, yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Man, what a way to end that book of Ecclesiastes. Definitely. 
Ooh, my goodness. And that's the whole matter of everything. So let's break that down. First, he starts off that he's a preacher or koalith in Hebrew. Koalith. Koalith. And he was wise and he taught the people knowledge and he gave them good heed. He sought to set out many of the Proverbs in order. So he's seeking out truth. And it is truth. They're words of God that he set out for us. And he says... Uh, he sought out these words that were written, that were upright. They were words of truth. Mm-hmm. And he calls them, he, he calls them goads. You know what a goad is? It's something that prods an animal, you mm-hmm. know, um, but kicking against the goads, mm-hmm. the, 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 it directs you. Uh, or as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies. And that, that word's kind of interesting because it's a, a, a collection of men assembly. So they're like nails. They, they, they fasten these things, their mm. truth, right? And it's given from one shepherd to another. In other words, these words, these words of God are passed from uh, shepherd to shepherd, from person to person. You know, they're built upon. Yeah. And then he says, uh, further by these, be admonished, okay, that making many books, like other other wisdom from men, other Men, wisdom, philosophy, mm-hmm. psychology, uh, just false religion, you know, the theological debates, mm-hmm. making many books. There's no end to yeah. people. Just they, they love to write. They write all their stuff. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. That's right. It doesn't get you anywhere if you're not. Yeah, it depends on what you're studying. Yes. If you're not rooted in the truth of God, in the words of God. And so he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is it. He answers your question, Ms. Kapow. Mm-hmm. Here's a conclusion, and we're going to conclude this study of Ecclesiastes with his very own words. Fear God and keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. Fear God and keep his commandments. See, it reminds me of Micah 6, 8, too. He says, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. That's what he requires. And it is the whole duty of man. This is everything. It's the whole of man. It literally means this is the whole man. Mm-hmm. The full ideal of man. As, a, as originally contemplated. And it's realized, really, it's realized wholly in its wholeness by Jesus Christ of Nazareth alone. That's right. This is the whole man, the ideal man. This is putting on the Lord Jesus. Yes. And becoming a new creature. Mm-hmm. You take off the old and become new. See, follow God. Mm-hmm. And through him, through Jesus Christ of Nazareth, nobody comes to the Father, but through him, you follow God. Through him, now us... We can follow that ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Follow that ideal. Uh, in First John three twenty two through twenty four, it says, "And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments mm-hmm. and do those things that are pleasing in His sight." Yeah, John fourteen fifteen says, "If He love me, keep my commandments." Yes. 
And in verse 24 of 1 John 3, 22, it says, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, mm-hmm. and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us, and by the Spirit which he hath given us. Yep. John fifteen ten says, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Wow. And Revelation twenty two fourteen reads, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have rights to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Mm. I think it's pretty important to let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, to fear God and keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. And when Quola says it's the whole duty of man, it's the whole of man, the ideal man, I think that's should be taken very seriously. Oh, definitely. There's no other way around it. There's no other way around it. Mm-mm. And you find his commandments in his word. Get you a good King James Bible, 1611, authorized version. Yeah. And really study and read that because that's that's the words of God. The other ones, honestly, have been corrupted. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't get some truth out of them. The word of God is the word of God. Get some truth out of it and God guide you in some things. But eventually you're going to need to put down that and look at the real, um, the real Greek and the real Hebrew texts. Right. Okay. Because there's subtle things in those new translations that'll trip you up and make you believe in another Jesus, another mm-hmm. Christ, a Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm I, being honest with you. Yeah. Believe me, you know, if you, if you, you know, I have NIV commentaries here, a bunch of them because uh, they're scholarly works. But every time I read them, I have to read the scripture uh, through uh, King James and then read the commentary. But even these scholarly men will say they don't agree with the NIV on this and this because of that or that. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. even have problems with it. So I'm not saying, you know, that's up to you and God what you want to do with that stuff. But I'm saying if you want to do some real study, you really want the words of God. Get you, get you the, uh, the real word of God. These modern ones uh, will trip you up eventually yeah. because there's little, there are little time bombs set in there. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And verse 14, quoteth ends, for God shall bring every work into judgment. This is still the whole matter, mm-hmm. the conclusion of the whole matter. And here's why you need to, to fear God and keep his commandments. For you'll be the ideal man because God's going to bring all of our works into judgment. Mm-hmm. Every secret thing, whether it's good or whether it be evil. Wow. Wow. So the future judgment is the test of what is vanity. What's solid as regards to the chief good? That's the grand subject of this whole book, is it not? It is. Mm-hmm. So that concludes that. Anything else, Ms. Kapownis? No. All right. So we'll conclude that. And I don't know what we're going to start on next time. We'll figure it out. And we'll see you, what, next Friday? Yeah. All right. Give Ch- them a chow night. Chow babies. Chow babies.